0: You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixton Community Church. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good day to you, wherever you are, whenever you are, whoever you are. It's great to have you on board. My last video was called Wisdom Waits Part 1, and we didn't really talk a whole lot about waiting. We just laid the foundation saying that wisdom in the eyes of man is nothing like wisdom in the eyes of God his thoughts are higher than yours I don't care I don't care how academic you are how clever you are how good at solving puzzles you are wisdom in God's eyes is nothing in fact nothing like yours in fact God's Uh, god's god's foolishness is wiser than your wisdom sorry about that same for me too it's just because we're mere humans we are the created beings he is the creator and we need to surrender to his wisdom anyway i'm getting ahead of myself that's next video surrender to his agenda i like a good rhyme don't you anyway i'm just prefacing if that's the right word Uh, today's video just because what really happened was last week I just cut halfway through the video just to say let's stop there let's pause let's just think about God's wisdom. I then go on in the same video which I'm now going to reveal to you uh, the first real section in our thinking and it's called You Can't Hurry Love. God's wisdom is different from ours and one of the ways in which that is shown is in that Whereas sometimes it seems wise, clever, smart, uh, whatever, to, um, to be in a hurry, to be in a rush, to, to move fast. We always want the fastest machine. We want the, the quickest whatever, um, quickest route somewhere. Sometimes that is completely and utterly contrary to God's wisdom on the matter. Um, I actually had to learn in my old job and still do now you can see a computer behind me which belongs to the church and I've got another church laptop which you will have seen wheeled out every Sunday to project the words and sometimes that one particularly is completely and utterly slow that's just the problem and I had to learn in my last job is where I learned this technique is when I'm waiting for the computer to stop doing that blue circle is just to use that time rather than pounding the desk or shouting come on at the screen which is unresponsive anyway is to think right um every time this happens i might lose 15 seconds i might lose a minute if it's really unresponsive this computer of mine um what am i going to do in that time sometimes i had a a book in front of me sort of open like this oops sorry open like that probably not a book that size um, and i would just pick it up and read a paragraph while i waited sometimes i would just quietly pray in tongues sometimes i would actually do nothing deliberately i I play almost play this guessing game of i'm going to shut my eyes and guess how long i'm going to have to wait for the computer now that might sound like an an impossible thing for you to do in your horrid job in your horrid world it felt impossible to me too you don't know the pressures i was under at certain times to get things done so that's exactly the time when you're supposed to do it you need to meditate and so I would just say oh here we come we got this there used to be an egg timer in the middle of the screen and then um we we all upgraded from egg timers to blue circles and everything life was so much easier uh, and we'd watch the blue circle of doom going round and round and round and and then you click on something and then the whole screen would go gray uh, and it would say not responding at the top uh, which in itself is a response I guess but anyway when I got to that point um Very often what I would do is just close my eyes and drop my shoulders because I'd start to notice there was pressure there and breathe deeply and I think I wonder if that I wonder if that thing's started again but sometimes I just I don't care if it started this moment is an important moment and I just breathe in the Holy Spirit so to speak and ask him to fill me and ask him to give me wisdom in the task that I was doing. Use it as an opportunity to take a brain break and allow the Holy Spirit in. Well, you can't hurry love and sometimes that's an important lesson for us to learn too. And so in this message, which is kind of a continuation of last time, and it might just start a little bit abruptly, um, we're going to learn some more about God's wisdom and being unhurried i pray it blesses you i pray it helps you i hope i pray that it changes something about your behavior patterns for the good that your your life is more in line more in step with the holy spirit as a result of watching this video enjoy it and god bless you if you can comment in the box below thank you to sam jones thank you to verity hyde you both commented in my last video I find that encouraging and I know others do just to read it and think about what you've said Uh, and then the video becomes a bit more interactive and you're interacting with one another is the absolute dream. The goal of YouTube videos is that um, the people watching interact with one another underneath and reply to the replies if that makes sense. If you can do that fan tastic. God bless you. Have a great day. doing a bible reading plan by a guy called john mark Comer called the ruthless elimination of hurry hurry he says is the enemy of love you can't hurry love Oh, you'll just have to wait love has many enemies um, and most of them are are centered in the in the self if if you were asked uh, what is the what is the opposite of love you get the word Hate, opposite of love, hate. I don't agree with that anymore. I think that the opposite of love is self. If love is others-centered, surely that's what makes sense, that the opposite of love would be self-centeredness. And if we're gonna ruthlessly eliminate hurry, how many horrid efforts become the antithesis of love? Think of when you've been in a hurry and someone's interrupted you, you're already in a hurry someone interrupts you are you loving towards them are your thoughts and feelings towards that person thoughts and feelings that would be best described as loving when you're in a hurry and you're interrupted so i get the idea that love is slow love takes time one reason children love their grandparents stereotypically is because the grandparents have time for them They've retired, they have more time on their hands, time that perhaps their parents who are busy earning money and being busy doing other things with other children as well, don't have that time. Of course, we have to set boundaries on how much time we give people. If I uh, gave into every interruption, I wouldn't be able to fulfil my true commitments that I believe God is calling me to, but there must be times in my day where I am willing to let go of my schedule. So I challenge you, when you're interrupted, to pause, take a breath, think. Is this person's interruption of equal value to what I'm rushing to? Or is it even actually of more value? Can the thing I'm rushing to actually Wait, can I adjust and see this as an opportunity to listen to someone or just to be with someone else just for a moment? Think about Jesus and how he was when he was called to Jairus's daughter. Now, the situation was pretty urgent. Jairus was an important guy, and his daughter was very ill. And Jesus said, I'll come straight away. But on the way, he's interrupted by someone who's unclean and broken, an ageing and suffering woman who's no longer allowed into the, into the temple for worship. She's looked down on by society. She touches the hem of his garment and he feels the power going out of him. And he is patient and unhurried. Now, if that was me, I'd be thinking, I've got to get to Jairus's daughter, she's dying, She's the, these are critical last minutes, these minutes, you know, if you're an ambulance driver, that urgency to get there on time is so important, because minutes cost lives, and Jesus is there thinking, I've got to get to Jairus's daughter, I've got to get to the house of Jairus, and, and heal this girl, and now, he's not thinking, this, this is Jesus if he was like me, and now this woman, Who's been suffering all this time anyway? Surely she could wait a bit longer. Surely she could have just followed me to the house and then let me, you know, come on, woman. And she touches his his garment. He turns and said, Who touched me? I felt the power go out of me. And he was patient. He was unhurried. He didn't rush. He engaged. And the challenge for me is to trust the Lord with the thing that I'm rushing to. And should I even be rushing? Jesus wasn't even rushing to Jairus' daughter, I don't believe, even when it was urgent. Now we do have to um, distinguish between urgent and important. Some things I just want to get to because they're important, like a task I want to get to, because it feels important to me, but it's actually not that urgent. And this is, this is one of the things I'm working on. Could I do this tomorrow? I was going to do it today, but this interruption has come my way. Maybe a phone call, maybe an issue. And frankly, I don't feel like dealing with that issue. But that issue is live. It involves another human being and the task that feels important isn't urgent. But for Jesus, this was urgent. Why did he not rush? Why did he not tell the woman to wait go and sort Jairus' daughter out before she died, well, the simple answer is because he can raise the dead. But I think there's another reason as well. There's a reason I need to take out of this. And that's because he trusted God with all outcomes. He trusted God with every outcome. This thing, this interruption, this person, has come into my path at this time And I need to stop, pause, think, assess is this interruption actually an opportunity in disguise? And if it is, it doesn't matter if there's someone dying down the road. If the Lord gives me the word to stop and interact with this interruption, then I must trust Him with the future. I must trust Him with what I'm heading for and slow down. Hurry is the enemy of love. or it certainly can be. There are times when we need to hurry and if if, if I found out that someone I loved had been caught up in an accident and was rushed into hospital, I would hurry to the hospital. But there are times where we need to ask the Lord to show us when to slow down. Do you trust him to take care of your future? See, Jesus trusted God. He trusted his father. He says i only do what i see the father doing he trusted his father with jairus's daughter and he listened he only said what he heard the father saying and he listened for what is the father saying in this moment see human understanding says forget the woman she's old she's suffered a long time she can cope a bit longer rush to the daughter and that human wisdom works at a human level And I'm not dismissing it until God speaks into human wisdom. He is the God of the miraculous. And that means he he will contravene natural law. He will violate natural law. And because he's a God of miracles and the violation of natural law, he will also ask you to, to act in a way that is in line with his workings and not natural law. So the natural law would be rush to the girl, deal with the woman later. But God's law says in this moment, I am speaking to you and I am telling you, trust me with the future. I'm asking you to pause now. Do you trust God to take care of your future? so that you can live in the present, in the now. Of course I do, of course I trust God. Do you really trust him enough to risk the future and leave it in his hands? Enough to jeopardise the security of your future? Do you trust God enough for that? Jesus finally got to the little girl's house and the mourners were there already mourning. She was dead. That's what they said. But God knew what he was doing. Jesus had time for the sick woman and God had power for the dying girl to be raised to life. Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. Mary's the one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. He knew this family well. In in John chapter 11, um, we we learn that Jesus loved Lazarus, that's mentioned twice One of the times it's mentioned is where the sisters send word to Jesus saying Lord the one you love is ill Surely Jesus would rush to the situation But we, if we know the story we know he didn't Now look at these incredible verses John eleven five 5 and 6 Again, violation of natural law right here not quite a miracle but uh, yet, but just a, a sign that God is going to work a miracle because he's doing something that is nonsense in the eyes of people. And when God calls you and you feel nudged to do something that is contrary to natural law or contrary to uh, human understanding, be prepared for a miracle it's very likely God's going to do something absolutely incredible that you would never have achieved on your own that you would never have seen God do if you hadn't obeyed obey when he calls you to do stupid things when you know it's him when you've got confirmation that he's asking you to do it just jolly well get on and do it right here we go back to the verses John 11 5 and 6 now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus so when he heard that Lazarus was ill He stayed where he was two more days. There he is. There he is. There he is. There's Jesus doing what he does best, confusing everybody. If it's not confusing him with answering a question with a question or an answer that doesn't seem related, he's doing something that you just would never expect. Jesus loved Martha. He loved Lazarus. He loved their sister, um, Mary. And because of that, it says so, not but so. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days. Now that doesn't make sense in and of itself unless you know the rest of the story and you know that Jesus knew what he was going to do. He was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And because he loved them, he wanted them to experience this incredible miracle so that they could be uplifted in their faith. Everything he does is out of love and love didn't hurry so you know the story, Lazarus dies, Jesus raises him from the dead but my point today is that Jesus is not in a hurry because he knew God's will and he acted within God's will and when you're acting within God's will perfectly there should be a sense of unhurriedness. Jesus doesn't want you to be in a hurry. Love and hurry do not mix. And in this case, even hurrying to the one Jesus loved was not in God's plan. Love and hurry don't always mix. So as I say, I would still rush to the hospital. I'd still hurry to the hospital if I knew someone I loved had been taken ill or had been in an accident. But we can't hurry God. So from our two stories today, we've seen God's counterintuitive wisdom expressed in an unhurried love number one jesus didn't hurry to jairus's daughter because he loved the sick woman just as much and we too must not miss opportunities disguised as interruptions or distractions i'll say that again we must not miss opportunities that come disguised as distractions This may even involve trusting God with the thing we were hurrying to, no matter how important it was. Listen for his voice. Follow his leading. Assess the distraction. Don't dismiss the distraction. And number two, Jesus didn't hurry to the house of Lazarus. He held back. It was deliberate. In verse four of that story in John 11, he says, this illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. He knew God's plan and that's what we've got to do. We've got to seek God for his plan. Again, this is counterintuitive. In the world's eyes and understandably, one would hurry to the situation. As I've said twice, I would hurry. In most cases, that is human wisdom. That's our default setting and it's a good setting. We hurry to an emergency. However, always listen for God's voice. He knows better. He is counterintuitive. His thinking seems upside down, but it's actually the right way around. So let's be willing to be unhurried, out of love for God first, and then out of love for others. Let's not hurry to get our next task done. If you're like me, a complete finish a finisher box ticker, you like to tick the box and see the achievement. But let's not miss that 30-second chat with a neighbour or a colleague or a family member when they interrupt us. There may be a hidden harvest just waiting to reveal itself. Maybe that task could just wait. And let's do like Jesus did. Listen to the voice of the Father. Do what he is doing, even if it's counterintuitive in man's wisdom. So, you can't hurry love. Next time we'll see again that wisdom waits as we surrender to his agenda. Thanks for listening. For more information visit rickson.church.